Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Panther. It's his favorite podcast in soccer. Yes. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Trashcan, Cream Cheese Conradinho, also known as Jim Conrad, alongside only Charlie Chuck Wagon Zimmerman Davies, though maybe Hollywood Heath Pierce will pop on at the end to give us his final thoughts, which will actually be his only thoughts. But Chuck, what yes. a plethora of items we have to discuss today. And shout out to El Guapo from the movie Three Amigos for making the word plethora such a big deal when I was a kid. We have... <laughs> no, that movie didn't come out in the 50s, Chuck. Okay, it was in 1986, and I loved it. Okay, anyway, we have Brian McBride being let go as general manager of the U.S. Men's National Team. Wow. We have a January mm-hmm. camp game to preview as the U.S. Men's National Team take on Serbia and L.A. on Wednesday night. We have Gio Reyna silencing the haters with a coming off the bench to score the game-winning golazo in Dortmund's crazy 4-3 win over Augsburg this past weekend. We have Jose Mourinho being rumored and being interested in the U.S. Men's National Team job. We have other Americans abroad, like Ricardo Pepe, Kevin Paredes, Weston McKinney getting assists in the respective games this week. Christian Richards, who's super solid in Palace's 0-0 draw with Red Hot Newcastle. Colombia, the team that January Camp squad is facing after Serbia, just dropped their roster. Where do you want to start, Chuck? There's a lot. It, there's a lot. Uh, I'm excited about, about the conversation. I mean, I feel like we should start with the hot topic that is Gio Reyna banging in a golasso off golazo. the bench and, and the celebration that followed, right? <laughs> All so, the so guy there, for celebrations. Been, people have been giving him a hard time or I saw some mm-hmm. stuff, maybe not everybody. I don't want to make this a whole blanket statement that, mm-hmm. but people were like, well, he made this mess and now he's telling us to be quiet when we're talking. Like, cause he's shushing the haters or he's quieting the haters or silencing mm-hmm. the haters. Yeah. I didn't have any problem with it. The guys we're all emotional human beings. He's got some pent up aggression and probably mm-hmm. anger. Let the kid just read like emote. Let the guy have some emotions. Yeah. I I think you as an athlete need to find motivation, right? And and play off of that motivation to inspire you for performances like that, for you know, game-changing goals uh from Gio and Giorena's standpoint. But this is a player who's who's trying to to rise above it. There there was a lot that went into reaching your dream in the World Cup, not playing or not playing it, in, in a role that you were hoping and expecting to. And then your, your parents having to come out and, you know, basically take down the national team manager that there's a lot of weight, a lot of negativity around your name, around, you know, the type of person you are. The only thing you can control and what you can do is, is going on the pitch and delivering and coming off the bench one, you're probably pissed anyways, cause you, you're, you, you want to be starting. So, to, to get playing time, you have to come up with moments like that. So I'm hyped for him because I, Same. all my interactions with him have been positive. And I know he's as, as skilled as, as they come for a young American. So I want him to succeed. And, and sometimes you have to go through the, the depths uh, and, and kind of rebuild yourself and, and sometimes learn a lot mm-hmm. along the way So to, to reach your max potential. So I, I'm hoping that, he, that he's on a rocket ship um to to success do you think that 
his parents are calling Dortmund because he didn't start and then they think he should. <laughs> no, I, I, feel, I couldn't so. help myself. I couldn't help myself because he came out of the 70th minute and obviously yeah. he scored an absolute golazo. But, you know, they still, Edin Terzic, the manager of Borussia Dortmund, clearly didn't see him as a guy. And it looked like he was having a pretty good preseason running in up, up, up into this game, but he didn't mm-hmm. get the start. But this is obviously, uh, to your point, this is the only thing he can control. And if he's going to go out there and make game-changing plays, that's obviously going to get him more minutes, but uh, I just had to throw a really bad joke in there. All right, talk about somebody else that might be pissed, though, is Brian McBride. Let's let's transition over to him. He was general manager for the U.S. Let's let's just let's just give him his flowers, okay? As a player, mm-hmm. he appeared for the U.S. for 95 times, 95 appearances, playing three World Cups, and he was named as general manager in 2020. And in some ways, we're still looking for a striker like Brian McBride, McGrizzle. We have we haven't had somebody like him in a while and and uh if we could have that or maybe we do have him we just don't elect to play him maybe maybe jordy p fox your guy or daryl dk though i'd like to think that mcbride can't i don't know we, we can that's a conversation for another time but he got named as general manager in 2020 mm-hmm. and his primary responsibilities it, that included managing relationships between the federation and the club teams of players within the pool mm-hmm. uh, apparently and this is a quote to oversee the development and management of the player pool okay Uh, McBride, his contract ended in 2022, so it wasn't like he got sacked. He just didn't get renewed, but it feels like he got sacked. (laughs) And he reported to U.S. Soccer Sporting Director Ernie Stewart. So he's not coming back as general manager, and it feels like he might be the first casualty of Mm -hmm. this whole Reina Berhalter debacle. I wonder if that didn't happen, whether he would still be on or not. That's one. Second, I do want to give a moment to think, do you think he did a good job in his time in charge, Charlie Davies? Because that's not an easy thing to develop all these relationships, especially as our player pool continues to broaden and get deeper. Uh, and, and as we start to have more of our Americans playing at clubs around the world, that's that's that seems like a constant. I'm on the phone, texting, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to make sure that everything is humming along uh, as well as it possibly can. And it felt like our player pool was younger right we started to he had to work within the transition of the generation that didn't make it in 2018 to now kind of giving responsibility and trying to unearth some of the other talents and from that standpoint i think he did a good job but again i i'm kind of in the same you have one cycle and you got to move on to the next one but maybe you feel different in a general manager or sporting director position yeah you know i i don't think the same expectations are uh, for for this position um in terms of, you know, making these incredible relationships between managers, between sporting directors, um, because that that's really important for players that go to these clubs. And, and we all know these sporting directors and, and managers go, you know, end up managing five, 10, 15 different types of cl- top clubs. So you, you're inevitably going to run into them again. So I think it's important that whoever takes that role and has that role, they're they're not confined to the the manager's cycle so i okay I, that's fair that's that's one two yeah yeah I you've think, convinced me <laughs> i think um whoever has this possession has to command respect and for a player like brian mcbride in england in particular was highly respected for the kind of guy he was he not that he was known in uh, other parts of 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 europe but he was highly respected in Europe, and I think that really um, is important for a, a, a person who's holding this position to go over and have these conversations because they say, I've done it. I've played in a World Cup. I've scored goals. I've, I've had success in the English Premier League. And you automatically command respect entering the room as opposed to some guy in joggers and, and hasn't done it. And <laughs> next thing you know, they're like typical American. So I, I, think, I think from that standpoint, he did his job really well. I think okay, he did okay. his job really well. So based on your yeah. criteria for this position, then who do you mm-hmm. think should be a successor? Because I'm thinking Clint Dempsey at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Clint going, hey, man, listen, I'm going to take him fishing and it's all going to be good. <laughs> you want to go hunting? We can go hunting too. Like, let's just let, let, let your boy come over and play with us. It's all going to work out. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just giving Clint a hard time. But I mean, who do you think would be a good successor given some of this criteria that you've suggested? Well, I think of of people who have played in Europe and understand the cultures and different cultures and 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 can command respect and 
um, are charismatic as well. Um, so in, in terms of that, I think I'll take you- it. I'll do it. You're right, Chuck. I'll do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it. This sounds really I've something right in my wheelhouse. Charismatic. Um, I think expected Agu- around the world. <laughs> I think Gucci and Yewu is a great candidate. That's a great shout, actually. Gucci would be a good one. He's he's played in multiple World Cups. He's played in Champions League. Uh, he's played in Syria. He's played in English Premier League. He's played in La Liga. He's played in the Portuguese top division, uh, as well as the Dutch Eredivisie. And I mean, he's been around. He's, he's, he's been around, around right? Yeah. Yeah. Belgian top division. So he's played in all these countries. They know who he is. Um, he's a big, imposing figure, yet he can speak all the, these different languages on top of that. For me, he's got to be a top candidate, at least a finalist. I like that shout. Um, and then another person that comes to mind, not not too sure he'd leave his position, is John Thorrington. Um, mm. Has played in Europe, has helped LAFC build an incredible culture and, and obviously won an MLS Cup. Would he leave? I don't know if this is something he'd leave for, uh, possibly. But if you can get him, I, I think that's uh, another person that you – I mean, they got, he got Gareth Bale to LAFC, right? So the, he understands the recruitment process. And I think those are the two top candidates for me. Just I like top, those shouts. Those are really good shouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is that there has been some natural clamoring for not using former players. That because... Why? Types of position. I'm just saying because, well, it's created and potentially fostered an environment where this Reina Berhalter thing... The fact that Reina, the Reina family are just a phone call or text away from the people that are pulling the strings. That, that happens that type of all I'm just, over the world. Though. I get it. All I get it. I'm just world. saying that 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 would be uh, – uh, we should have that part of the conversation because – But then th- my, my argument to that is whoever takes that role and has never played the game, they, they've, they've missed out. They don't know how it works. They don't know, they don't know the – how, how to deal with the manager with the club team versus the international and, and priority and the ins and outs of off the field, on the field, you know, how do they treat other players, the locker room culture, they, they, it's missed out. So I think you, you, you can't replace that. That's not something you could teach. You, you no, I get that. have done it or you haven't. And, and therefore I think a player, a former player has to have this position. So, Charlie, you nominated your, yourself. You said Thorington. <laughs> I threw my name in the hat, but I don't see anybody in the comments agreeing with that. I, 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 listen, I'm too handsome for the position. I get it. But how about you, Chuck? <laughs> I, I, I think I, I could do this uh, position, and I think I could, I, could, I could do it very well. But I'm not throwing my name in the hat. I'm just saying. It sounds ter- like you are. It sounds no. like you're not. But do it directly. You're like indirectly throwing your name in the hat. I like that. I'm no, going to text for, Ernie Stewart later. Let him know. <laughs> for, for people out there, Brian McBride had no coaching experience going into this. Brian McBride had really no general manager experience going into this. But he's a perfect fit because he's a good person. You can trust him. Um, and he's good at building relationships. So I think whoever takes this role has to be a good communicator, charismatic, a, a little political because they have to know how to play both sides. Um, whoa, whoa. And, Chuck, and, Chuck's and good at hold... playing both sides. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about Chuck today, everybody. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> uh, it, that's, that's the, and that's the business side. So I think it's a former player who, who has a little bit of business savvy to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. So, so that's, that would be my take on, on who has this role. We got we got Kid Chuddy Harris in the in the chat saying I'm a million years old and I'm not fit for the job. We got Deep Hauser <laughs> saying that this job doesn't pay enough for Charlie to take it, which is probably true. I don't see the general manager of the U.S. Men's National Team uh, really moving <laughs> moving the moving the bank account too much uh, in the in the positive direction. I would say I, it's, it seems like a bit of a thankless job. But just to reread it one more time, the responsibility of this would be to oversee the development and management of the player pool. The development part, I think, really speaks to the coaching experience, making yep. sure that these players are on the right track. Also, making sure your coaching staff in some ways, because we've also seen, this wasn't written here, but that he obviously would have major influence on hiring and firing the coaching staff uh, overall. So there would be some development and management of that as well. It says player mm-hmm. pool only, but I think that the coaching pool would also be something of note. I mean, I would like, I would like to think that the general manager of the U.S. men's national team would have some <laughs> say over the coaching staff at all levels, youth national teams and, and beyond. So it's yes, going to be interesting. Agreed. 
Uh, but good shout here from Ramiro who says, does the GM have to be an American though? No, they don't. No. Uh, it just, but, but somebody that understands or has a good idea. The system. The system yeah, it's just a little bit different Academy here than everywhere is, else. Yes, yeah, that's where a former U.S. player would make some sense because they've kind of lived through the trenches of kind of the ups and downs of the growth here in but this it, country. It, and I think what, what co coincides along that is the manager does not have to be American. If you you have your general manager, you have Ernie Stewart. The mm -hmm. the manager does not need to be American. I I think it would definitely be beneficial if the the manager could speak English. But I think in terms of guys like Jose Mourinho, who's being floated around, and that would be an an a historic get for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, let's talk about that then. That's a nice segue, Chuck. Man, it's like you've done this before. Let's talk a little Jose Mourinho because it's being reported that he would be interested in this. Now, I want to give everybody some context that I got to interview Jose Mourinho when he was in charge of Real Madrid and they had a preseason tour over in New York City when I was with Kick Humble TV at Flex. the time. Yeah. Rest in peace to Kick TV. It was, a, it was an unbelievable day. I, I went and interviewed... Iker Casillas and Jose Mourinho went to Yankee Stadium to watch him play Liverpool, then went to a concert that night of one of my favorite bands of all time, Block Party. It was like the best day ever. I had a, I had a blast. The, the thing about it was Jose Mourinho said he remembered me as a player. I still don't believe him to this day, but he does he does do a lot of research. We know that, that he that or at least I don't know if he does it, but his people. So maybe, maybe, but I still don't believe him. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'll take that's hey. my big flex of the day. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but but my last question to him, Chuck. Yeah. Was, would you ever take over the U.S. men's national team? Would you ever come here and, and coach our team? And he laughed and said, not for 20 years. And that was 11 years ago. So it's interesting that he's expressing some interest. He has a quote saying that the player pool is, is interesting. There's some players, top players that are playing at some big clubs around Europe. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and and I, I'm kind of, a, listen, I'm a, I'm a Mourinho fan. I think that he has become a cartoon character in a lot of different ways. But when you kind of scrape all that away and his public persona and all that, I, the guy clearly knows the game. And when you think about what he did with Porto back in 2003, when he helped them win the Champions League, which was the job he got before he moved on to Chelsea and really started to, to take off as a manager. But that Porto team was interesting. Now, yeah, of course, they had some incredible talent on that team that followed him to Chelsea. And, and he nurtured that, though. And so... There has been a knock on him that he plays defensive, of course, that he doesn't do well with young players. I think there are plenty of examples where that can get negated very quickly, that actually yeah. there are players that he has brought along. Uh, right now, currently with Roma, they're in fourth in Serie A, where he coaches. They have the best goals, like expected goals against. It's the, it's the best for Roma in the top five leagues in Europe. Like, like okay, he's organized. And so, so my only really concern with him and anybody that has – manage club teams their whole career is switching gears to coach a national team it's just different chuck it's so much slower and i just think he would be antsy so i don't know what you think about Mourinho. well one i look i like to look at it from this perspective in night in, in 2002 and 2006 when bruce arena was was the manager for the u.s women's national team his prior experience was dc united and mls and university of virginia Got us to a quarterfinals, okay? And then Bob Bradley came in and Princeton head coach and then assistant manager, then running, what, Chicago Fire and Chivas, and he gets the job. Klinsman comes in, obviously different perspective, had played at the highest level, uh, won a World Cup, um, got third managing uh, Germany, and comes in with all these different ideas. And people were were – Super excited, and he did well for for. I feel like it was like ups and downs. Um, you know, going to Holland and and beating Holland in Germany, and you're like, oh my god, this this is real. And then you know, you had some some bad losses in in Concacaf, but in, ultimately in the 2014 World Cup, you felt pretty good until you you got pummeled in Belgium. You still could have won the game. Then we go to Greg Berhalter, who managed the Columbus Crew in MLS. And, and managed in Sweden for in a second division, my old club. So we're talking about Jose Mourinho, who's won Champions League, has won titles. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. What, 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 how could you say no? He's not a good fit. That's what I don't understand because I love the fact that he's charismatic too. I, I just think that would play into uh, 
our media uh, and growing the sport because he's such a outspoken character and this press he, he would draw a lot of attention. Yeah. So you know, it's just going to continue to go with the sport. And I think alongside this this media juggernaut that we'll have for the 2026 World Cup, that he can manage the best out of this group. I mean, why? How could we look frown upon Jose Mourinho wanting to to manage the U.S. men's national team? As long as whoever comes to manage and has that type of pedigree and cares and puts everything into it, I agree. Then you, that's right. Who are we to say? Hell no, we don't want uh, <laughs> Mourinho. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? So I, for I, me, I, I, would, yeah. I would be jumping for joy if Mourinho said, "Hey, I'm coming to to, to manage the U.S. Like, let's go." I I agree with you on that. My only concern with him was just the, the the rhythm change, but maybe he needs that. Obviously, he's been grinding for a long time, and this would just be enough. And it would allow him to travel, watch players, develop relationships. You got the Gold Cup this summer. You have Copa America in 24. You have a couple tournaments. You can ramp up into 26. I think he can see how big of a tournament it's going to be, that he has an opportunity to really cement his legacy in a couple different ways, right? He's done it. He's won trophies wherever he's gone with different types of teams, different styles of teams. And now he's going to inherit a team that's young, that has something to prove and obviously planted a seed of what they're capable of in 2022. Now can they build off of that? It ticks a lot of boxes. And obviously, as somebody mentioned in the comments with Roberto Martinez going to Portugal, which is Mourinho's home country, mm -hmm. he, that might, that interest might be real. I, I just hope that yes, if it does happen, I'd let him see out the European season, of course. Right. So we stay with whoever, Anthony Hudson or whoever through the summer. And then then he can come over and, and it just be a nice, clean break from his club stuff. And then he can move on and start to build us up and, and go from there. What I do love about Mourinho is his attention to detail. And so if you give that guy a national team where he's got even more time between games to set up how we want to play mm -hmm. and start to have meaningful conversations with players and their downtime about what it's going to look like mm -hmm. and his, their roles under him. I, I'm, I'm just curious about jo Jose Marino as a national team manager in general. Now, if you add the U S into it, I'm very intrigued. And I agree with you. The guy has been way too successful for us to be like, eh, no, no he's not a good probably, fit. There's probably somebody else out there. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. then name that other person that's available. And I actually yeah. think in some ways that it could benefit the U S from just waiting until the European season ends in general, because then I think you're going to have a few more options as either managers leave or their time or they get sacked or whatever it is. And so I just, again, we said this before, once this whole Burhalter stuff happened, even right after the world cup, let's not rush into the next one. No. I mean, I don't want to wait a year like we did before. And Dave Sarakin was in charge the whole time, but this makes sense to wait four or five more months without too many meaningful games and with other guys in charge that have already been part of the player pool and have already been assistant coaches, and then we can name or find somebody that's really bought in, like you said, because I agree with you, Chuck. Whoever it is, no matter what their name is, whatever their experience is, as long as they care and are giving it everything they have, that, that's all you can ask for as a player, as a coach that that really has your best interests at heart. Uh, 100%. And, um, you know, I see some people saying Bielsa's in talks with, with Mexico, but he's also lined up be the, to be the next Everton manager. Uh, Fernando Santos from Portugal just signed with Poland. So if you're looking at available managers and the managers that maybe if you you give them an incredible offer, they they would leave their their club team this summer. I think uh, Simeone is another interesting one. Would would he be, you know, have the same excitement to come to, to manage the U.S. men's national team and leave club? I don't know, but it's worth, I think, um, seeing if, if he'd be interested. Patrick Vieira is another one. Uh, we, we've talked about Yugi Love. Um, Antonio Conte, I just think from his personality and the way he acts, maybe that would be uh, interesting to have him. And, and then, you know, Pochettino and Mourinho. Any of the above. If they were like, I'm in, I, I see great potential in the U.S. Right, right, player, right. Player pool, like, I, I want to I help them do something special in 2026. Let's go. What, what are right, we waiting right. for? Sign, sign the dotted line. I get, I get where you're coming from because you just don't yep. want a manager that's coming in and it just sees it as like a one year. And like taking a page, big page. Yeah, right. kind of like a stopgap. Well, I don't have anything else right now, so I guess I'll yeah. just do this. You know, like they're settling for this job. And, and maybe a name or two in there could feel like that for them in particular. But if Mourinho was going to leave a position where he's been helping Roma grow and, and uh, kind of regain their identity and foothold back in Italy, 
to leave that to then say, hey, you know what? Actually, I like this U.S. Men's National Team project. I'm really curious about this. I'm fascinated about it. I'm ready to give the next three years of my life to help it grow and do something special in 26. Whether it's him or somebody else, if they have that embodiment or embody that attitude, then then I'm totally cool with that, especially given their experience. And Mourinho, yeah, it would be that would be pretty incredible. Now, I do think, or maybe there is some stuff at play here where what about your thoughts on this is just U.S. soccer trying to be in the conversation with big names to say that they're trying and maybe they're just going to go with a Burhalter-esque type person or Burhalter again anyway, but they just want to put it out there for optics. What do you, what do you say to that? Just because I think there, there's always some, maybe some strategy there as, as, as well with that we should discuss. And, and, and what are you referring to in, in terms of Well, that? I'm just saying like, hey, they, they can just say, hey, or Ernie Stewart, let's just use him as an example. Hey, we tried to get Zidane. We tried to get Mourinho. We tried to get Bielsa. We tried to get Simeone, whoever. But but it was just more of a ploy so that they could say they were trying, but ultimately they just wanted to hire or rehire Greg Berhalter. I mean, I, I don't – that feels really uh, – Yeah, I don't think – I don't know, would. but I'm just seeing a lot of that type of chatter, and I just wanted to at least say I don't buy it, but I wanted to <laughs> People are covering their bases. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I told you. <laughs> yeah. I told yeah. you. I was ready. <laughs> I told you. No, I, I think um, at this point you – you just think, and it's going to take time until they find the next manager. But you know, once that per whoever that person is found, it's just a thanks for getting the team to this point and and turning the ship around, right, and pushing us to uh, a new level and and get and basically collecting this group of players. So it, it's it's just going to take time to find the right manager. But you you have to take it to the next step. We saw kind of how what this group's potential is and, and what they're capable of. So now it's time to say, all right, let's slow down, make the right choice for the next hire to take us to the next level. Because right now there's no coach hired, right, for a long-term plan. Um, Anthony Hudson is is taking them for this January camp. And I, I think we all know it's just we're buying our time till we, we find that next guy. Okay, one last question. Before we get to our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. And I want everybody's thoughts in the comments right now. If you haven't typed anything yet, get in those comments right now. If you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, we appreciate your support. Hit us up at ISWT Pod yes. on Twitter. The question is, Chuck, I'm coming to you because Hollywood Heath isn't here to of answer. Of course, throw it. Which player or players do you think would benefit the most if Jose Mourinho was in charge of this squad? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I, think, I, feel, I feel like that's easy. I mean, just all the G- defenders. <laughs> Christian Pulisic, I think would would benefit. Um, I think Weston McKinney would benefit, and I now, think now, how, and, how and, would and, they benefit? And, 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 and it, it's, it goes without saying, Gio Reyna would benefit from Jose Mourinho. Now, now, how though? I mean, in terms of, I I, <laughs> I agree with you. I think everybody would level up, right? You're going to be around mm-hmm. somebody. But like in terms of real improvement. 5% to your game. Now it could be for, for some players, it could be positional awareness Yeah. for other players. It could be situational awareness. Like, Hey, when you get into this spot, you're doing X a lot, but we kind of want you to start thinking about Y or Z. And and if you start to do Y or Z, that's going to make the X, the first thing that you wanted to do a lot easier. Right? So there are all these little things, these little notes of all the years and all the players he's been around. If that guy says something to you, I think you're going to, your ears are going to be wide (laughs) open. Are you really? But, but, so I agree with you. I think everybody in general will probably be able to raise their game five to 10% under a Jose Mourinho on these little insights, assuming that they're willing to listen and try to apply that stuff. Of course, that's, that's a whole different step of, of developing and educating players is their, their willingness to meet you and to try to, to apply that type of stuff. So, so, so you just think, you think the attacking players, I think it would be interesting to see, you know, how it, it would impact like uh, our Anthony Robinsons of the world who'd like to get forward, right, from outside back position or mm-hmm. or Serginio Dest or whoever else, whatever six <laughs> right backs we have. But uh, that's interesting. So how do, let's, let's, let's use Christian as an example then. How do you think Jose Mourinho would improve his game? I think he, he may move him to – I think they play a different formation than what they play now. So it, in terms of – where he'd be on the pitch, maybe he's on the opposite side. Maybe he's mm-hmm. starting on the right and not the left. I think Gio Reyna would be central. I think mm-hmm. he, they'd move him central. Um, and I think you, you, they they would find more space. I think Jose Mourinho would be smart enough to create 
a system in which the players who are most gifted with the ball at their feet have more have more space to either run into or to to um, be found in 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 between the lines, whatever it may be. And then uh, Yunus Musa, I think, would would also be Ooh, good shout. That's someone good who who is is destined to be a, a top top player. I like the Yunus Musa one a lot. I think I'm going to change mm-hmm. my answer to that. Really <laughs> Can I change my answer, everybody? I like now that I've thought that through and you said it, and I've had some time to process it. I think Yunus Musa would be the one that benefits the most. Uh, it, you know, I kind of liken. Could could we say is this too far of a stretch to say everybody that Yunus Musa could be like uh, Michael Essien from from Chelsea? No, I, I think he's no he's uh, no because I don't think he's as defensive minded as Essien. I think Essien was a little bit more defensive. But do you think a Mourinho could could instill a little bit of that in him? Or do you think that just his, his natural instincts, Eunice misses to go forward? I agree with you to a certain extent. It, 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 he doesn't have like the build of Essien. Essien is like a That dude's truck. a tank. Yeah, yeah played against him twice. There's, there's, a yeah, there's a big di- I think there's a big difference in, in the way he plays. I think Musa's much more fluid and, and dynamic and smooth on the ball. Essien didn't have his his dribbling skills, his ability to accelerate like like he does. So I think it'd be more of a uh, – I'm just to trying to think again. of a box – like a. am mm-hmm. trying to think of all the box-to-box players that were under Mourinho, and I don't know. Essien just kind of stood out for me. Uh, I guess Lampard would be in there too. Maybe, maybe Lampard it'd be – but Lampard seemed to join the attack a, a lot. He seemed more offensive-minded than yeah, you. Yeah, you would think of uh, – as a Lampard role, more of like a Weston McKinney. If yeah, right, Weston, right. Weston could develop into uh, that type of player. But I don't yeah, think... Yeah, sign me up for that. That'd be sick. Yeah, I don't think he has the same... Uh, he, he Actually, I know he doesn't have this, the same... I know. Nothing's going to be like shot. Mike. Starting to throw <laughs> the shot, like, in terms of producing a shot from distance like Frank Lampard, that's not in Weston's game, right? So there are not strengths yet. and negatives and, and positives um, <laughs> that you could build off of. But I think... In terms of Frank Lampard's shooting ability, uh, Weston does not have that in his in his locker. Not yet. Not yet. We're going to stay positive and say not yet. All not right, everybody, we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other Americans that were playing abroad this weekend, had some good performances in there. And, of course, we're going to preview the big game on Wednesday night between the U.S. men's national team and Serbia. So don't go anywhere. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
What is up, everybody? And welcome to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies. No Heath Pierce as of right now. But before we take any steps forward, we have to let you know that we not we don't want you to miss out on any of the Serie A action happening this season. So follow some of the biggest stars in the sport and the most handsome like Olivier Giroud, Rafael Leao, and Lataro Martinez as they try to lead their teams to the Scudetto, which is the trophy named for the winner of Serie A. How will the table change going forward? Which club has the best chance of winning it all? Dahe Roma. Which clubs have the most to lose? Find all the answers and stream every match from Italy's top soccer league live only on Paramount+. Plus. Try one month free with the promo code Serie A. That's S-E-R-I-E-A. And then I added the exclamation point because you don't have to add that. But that's the promo code. One month free. And it's all popping off the Scudetto. We could argue that Serie A is the most competitive top five European league. So this is a good time to hop in and get it for free. Okay. Chuck, not only did Gio score a banger today, but we had another player that might even have scored a better goal, in my humble opinion. I put it in our group chat. Alejandro Zadejas from Club America just got his first call up to the senior team for the U.S. Men's National Team. He had a goal and an assist in, in America's 2-2 draw with Puebla, but his goal was so well taken. A little half volley inside of the foot to the top corner. Unbelievable. This guy's the goods. I want to see more of Alejandro Zendejas, not only in January, mm -hmm. but maybe in March for the Nations League as well. What do you say? Yeah, let's see more of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know me, I love attacking talent. And and he's he's gonna he's gonna be he has something different than than the other players in in, in that role. So um let let's see more of it. it it's almost why didn't we have him before going to, uh, to Don't Qatar? get us going. You get everybody going when you say stuff like that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well. Yeah, he's getting everybody all fired up, but I've got plenty of time for it. So I like Zendayas' game a lot. He has not only a goal and assist in his last game, so he's obviously feeling pretty good, but he just gets himself in good spots. And it's one thing, and Chuck, we've been around it, and maybe you've had a spell of it yourself. Now I've got to play against players like you, but but – when you have a hot striker who's just so confident, there's like nothing you can do as a defender. They just find themselves in good spots, and then everything they seem to touch hits the back of the net. It can even hit their shin and somehow bounce in and go. I mean, that's just where he seems to be. But I, I just love his ability in general in terms of creating space in the box. And, and I hope that uh, as he continues to grow in, in the levels, and obviously he's already proven it at a high level with Club America, that it'll translate into that. And that Because I think that Anthony Hudson, the interim coach, has come out and said, that this is going to be an awesome opportunity, again, paraphrasing, to see some players that can help us throughout the whole cycle. And this is where it starts. And I agree with him in that. And I think that Serbia is coming in with the same thoughts. Colombia, we'll talk about their roster here in a little bit, coming in with the same thoughts. Okay, this isn't our full team, but this is also a team where we might be able to unearth a couple gems that fit in really nicely with the team that we currently do have. And I think Zendeos could be a one as well. Josh Sargent scored. For Norwich, he's got uh, double-digit goals for the first time in his career. Congratulations to him. He actually played a little bit in the 10 spot behind Team Apuki. He ends up uh, getting him in a good spot and scores against Coventry this weekend. Balogun also scored. Jordi Pifok, Union Berlin won, but uh, he missed a pen. I don't even know if you think he's part of the conversation anymore. We got assists for Ricardo Pepe. Mm -hmm. It looked like more of a miss hit, but even when you have a miss hit, Chuck, you know you got to claim it as an assist. Uh, Kevin Breves had an assist, his first in the Bundesliga for Wolfsburg in their 6 year win over Freiburg. We had Weston McKinney who had an assist against Monza. Uh, their game this past week on a Thursday. It was a nice dime to Moise Ken's head early on in that game. And uh, nice to see Weston McKinney playing a little bit wider, I guess, and still having success because we, I think, both feel that uh, he can be a little bit more dynamic in the middle of the field, but uh, still getting trust from Allegri and doing the job from a wider position. Now, there are some – let's talk about Weston McKinney really quick while I'm finishing up with him in terms of uh, what he did this past week. It looks like he might be sold. So it makes you wonder, okay, it seems like Maxi Allegri, the Juve coach, trusts him, but sometimes these coaches put these players on display and run them out time after time and a time because they're trying to actually get them moved when a transfer window is open like it is right now. Yeah, I mean – Should we be worried about him? No, I don't. I, I wouldn't think of all the turmoil at Juve right now. It, it's it's a mess, and so I think he's. You're always going to be in a good position if you're at a club like Juventus. I mean, it's the, the top club. Um, but in terms of continuing his development and and coming into the English Premier League, 
to a, to a top club, whether it's Tottenham, whether it's Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, him at uh, Arsenal under Arteta, that'd be incredible. That's you're only going to be pushed playing with Thomas Partey and um, Granit Xhaka. You know, you, you, you just I feel like that's a, a place for him to continue his his development because you, you're going to have to earn your minutes and, and make the most of your opportunities. And um, I think playing for a coach like Mikel Arteta, who's always trying to communicate with his players and develop them play quicker, I think that would be a fantastic move for, for Weston. Um, he wouldn't get as many minutes as he is right now with Juve, but, you know, time will tell. Okay, okay, so not worried about that. No. Should we be worried, though? Let's let's transition over to another player in Italy, Serginho Dest, who's on loan from Barcelona to AC Milan. Now, Milan just came out and said that they're not going to exercise the $20 million loan option mm-hmm. to buy. They're going to send him back to Barcelona. Now, we've seen them do this before with Brahim Diaz. Okay, so Milan had something initially where they had a one, if I'm not mistaken, somebody will most likely correct me if I'm wrong. But he came on loan from Real Madrid, Brahim Diaz. And they had him come on loan again for a second season. And then I think they eventually bought him. So so we could still see. There's, there's plenty of different potential possibilities in terms of how this could all work out. But are, do you think we should be worried? Because it doesn't seem like he was part of Xavi's plans at one point where he's like training in the basement of the stadium or whatever, something crazy. And Javi's even come out and said he's no longer in our plans. But a month before that, he said, oh, I love Serginho Dest. It's all over the place in terms of communication there. I don't even know if I would want to go back to Barcelona. Yes, it'd be cool to say you, you did that and you play for them. But if you're not really wanted, I don't know if that's the best situation for any player. No, Are but he'll, about- he'll, have, he'll have options. I'm not worried. Okay, because- but okay. So he's yeah. going to have options, but where? Where would you want him to go? Let's say it doesn't work out in Italy. I mean, yeah, of course, he can go probably mid-table in any of the top five leagues, but but mm-hmm. he's played at Ajax, Barcelona, and AC Milan. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to go mid-table anywhere. Well, he's, he's Where do you got, think he's going to fall into? He's got to go to a club that is going to – he's going to continue to work on his development as a defender. And, and I think we saw in the World Cup he improved tremendously just from his time at Milan as far as positioning and defending. The potential is just through the roof with him because he's as gifted as they come as an attacking right back but still in transition moments and then just defending 1v1, just continuing to improve. So he could be arguably one of the the best right backs in the world. Like he has that potential in him. We've seen how good he can be when he's at his best. So uh, again, it's just finding the right club where he can continue to play at a high level and, and focus on working on those, those parts of his game. So you, you really, you really, you know, look at some of the clubs in, in, the mid table of of English Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga. I'd probably look at the higher end in the Bundesliga. I mean, if you're talking about Dortmund, or I, I don't even know if he he would drop that low from from Milan slash Barca. So Tottenham. I mean, he he could play at a, a number of of top clubs. So okay, okay. Just let's keep it in the worrying part of the of the show where this is mm-hmm. us worrying about Weston McKinney, Serginho Dess. The next worrying one is Christian Pulisic. And the only reason I bring him up, I know whether he's hurt, is that they went out and signed uh, Mikhailo Mudrik from Shakhtar Donetsk for a, quite a bit of money. He came on as a sub in Liverpool and Chelsea 0-0 draw this past weekend. And in the 55th minute, and Mudrik was good. He was, he was lightning. And... When he came on the field, I know that you want to watch him in general just because of the price tag and all the hullabaloo. I can't believe I said hullabaloo. I am from 1950. But all the hullabaloo around him. But anytime we get, I say we, anytime Chelsea get a winger, an attacking player that comes in and does well, it just means less and less time for Christian Pulisic. Graham Potter has come out and said they had no plans of selling him. They're definitely not going to be able to sell him now. He's hurt. Uh, It doesn't look like it's going to happen in this window, maybe over the summer. Are you worried about Christian Pulisic? Uh, I'm not worried about him in terms of him as a player. I just think, like I've said from the very beginning, he's he's got to go to a new club. He needs a change of scenery because it's not just Mudrik who they brought in. They also brought in Jao Felix. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the emphasis was we need wingers who who can score goals and and have more of a finished product. And so to me, if I'm Christian, I'm saying you guys keep bringing players in my position. So either you you don't value me or or you you think that i can play alongside these guys and and it's all mostly we want more competition because we don't think 
you're giving us uh, enough production like we were getting from Hazard, for instance. So I think he, he's he's got to move. Get, go go to a place where he's going to get more playing time. He's going to be the main main winger and and you know see if he can continue to to build on his potential as well. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting to see how the oh man. But look who's here, everybody! Hollywood Heath has joined us. Unbelievable scene. Uh, thank hey, great you. Great to see you, Hollywood. Hey, thank you. Just figured it, Mondays are nice for a cameo, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Better, late, better late than just, never. I, I, that's yeah. how I always see it. I like no, it. I appreciate I like that. It. I'm sure so you guys cool. covered everything, so I'm just here to listen. You know? Yeah, just here to listen. We're doing some Americans Abroad. We got uh, pretty much one that I want to talk about that's left, and then we can focus on... Oh, I wait. For... But, but, Jimmy, let's get his take on Jose Mourinho. How, oh, you, yes. how would you feel about... Jose How would you Mourinho. feel, Heath, about Jose Mourinho taking over the U.S. Men's National Team? And this is hard because it's kind of one of those be careful what you wish for type of scenarios where it's like, you want somebody big. And like Jose Mourinho has consistently won everywhere he's gone, right? And we're seeing that at Roma. It's a little bit different with the team that he has. And, and Roma's still, probably still more representative won. of the national team. Um, the yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he won the conference league. The first ever conference league. The only winner ever of the conference exactly league. Exactly right. He wins every uh, trophy ever. But I think that he would bring – I mean, I, I, I said this in our group chat the other day of just like you. we thought that Jurgen Klinsmann brought a lot of drama to the public in like interviews and throwing players under the bus during his time. Like Mourinho is notorious for that. Now, at a national team level, I think he'd be more clever. I think he's probably at a point in his life too where he'd, he'd – I think he knows that his ways have had to change continuously because the generations have changed since he started. Mm -hmm. So I'm not against it. I don't think uh, – I, I continue to not think Greg Berhalter is going to survive this – Whatever it is, I don't think uh, whatever chances he had, I don't. Th I think they're insurmountable for him to come back. So I do think there's going to be somebody new. But for Mourinho, I like it when I compare it to what other options domestically might exist uh, for where we think we want to go over the next three years. Right? I, I like I like the swing, the big swing on it. Um, how he'll actually roll out again? It's going to be a change for him. It's going to be a change for for everyone in terms of the type of manager and the demands that he has. But it's a national team level, and it's got to be different than the club team level. So I am for it, but I think that there's a lot of growing. Don't go both. Don't go both ways. No, I'm no. Glad, I'm, I'm glad that it. you're I'm happy for it. for it. Good. I'm for it. Yeah. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm for it. Versus again, my worries is that we 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 want to think big, but we can't actually get the big option, or we go domestic because it's the next best option available compared to Greg and Greg's situation, like where they're thinking like, well, had this thing not happened, we would have just kept Greg compared to what this other option is domestically uh, versus uh, a big name like a Mourinho where I'm like, yeah, hey, let's take the big swing. Why not? What I, I don't know where you guys landed on that as well. No, we were, I mean, how do you say no to somebody of Mourinho's stature with everything he's accomplished? Like, yeah, you know what? No, we're going to go take go to, the, the former go coach else. of Akron. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait when he starts doing this whole like <laughs> thing that came out the other day where he's like three, three, also three championships. The rest of the league they've won two together. Like yeah, when he amazing. starts doing like playing with numbers on every woman, they go. Was that oh, a Russian? Was that a Russian accent? Or? I mean, port to be fair, Portuguese uh, does sound <laughs> a little Russian. Brazilian Portuguese doesn't, but uh, you know. I'm All right, last player, last player, uh, Americans uh, abroad, last player that I really want to get into is Chris Richards. Started again this weekend mm -hmm. against uh, Newcastle, the red-hot Newcastle at Selhurst Park. They played in the back four. He played in the middle. I thought he was excellent. Mm. Next to Gihi, I thought that they play Man United again at Old Trafford this upcoming week. So another good test for him as long as Anderson remains hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not that I wish for anybody to remain hurt, but uh, no, this that's how you young time. players get opportunities. That's I, I want to see more of Richards, and I think he's doing a lot with this opportunity Absolutely. right now. And that makes me really excited now i'm very eager to see him get called in in march and and to see how he can compete for the center back spot but that's what we were looking for him to get a good run of minutes mm -hmm. he's getting that and uh, that's all i really wanted to add uh, to that i don't know if you want to jump in either one of you on this yeah our guy kai 718 he called it you know this is one of heath's nemesis <laughs> as well as matt turner um <laughs> i but... love chris <laughs> <laughs> but I, i'm i'm just saying i'm i'm proud as hell to see him out there balling in the prem under Patrick Vieira because this is this to me shows what a manager can do to a player because I think initially I would say man Chris Richards wasn't ready for the prem when he first went to Crystal Palace mm -hmm. but I think through coaching tactically even even technically as well that he's improved so much under Patrick Vieira 
before getting that proper chance that he's been able to now excel and take off and not look yeah. back. So to me, that shows that if you're in the right spot with the right manager, you you can and you have the potential, you can you're gonna take off, you're gonna play, you're gonna succeed. And 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 I think Chris Richards is a prime example of a center back with a ton of potential, not yet realized, but a manager absolutely got the best out of him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, when I think about Chris Richards, the argument, and, and oddly enough, I was coming back from from uh, Santa Monica yesterday, stopped in a coffee shop because wife sent me on a coffee run, ran into some coaches <laughs> from the U.S. national team. Oh. And we got to talking uh, about Uh-oh. things, players, all go. kinds of stuff. Some of it I'm going to leave out. Some of it I'll, I'll add here. Yeah. But talking about players and their rise of had Chris Richards been – healthy he of course would have gone to the world cup right like that's an of course now the argument though around chris richards was that because other players were were on the down was that a chris richards not playing at crystal palace because of the environment that he's in should be a starter in the world cup team and that's where the argument came into play and so the conversation that i had with him was more around give me a sample size of this player at this level because it was in response to obviously everybody attacking me being like, oh yeah, Heath, you hated Chris Richards. Look at him. He had, you know, he's the best player in the Premier League ever now because <laughs> he played one game in the Premier League. And so the conversation was around, okay, Chris Richards is in great form. He is a national team level player. He is good enough in those games to be a starter in our national team. I don't disagree. What I'm saying for Chris Richards to be the starter on the national team is give us some sample size. Give a consistent run of games, which is exactly what he's doing right now to prove all of us right that not only is he potential, but he's also a Premier League quality player that can get the job done. That's it for me. But for him playing two games like that, especially coming back from injury and 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 having to sit behind two younger players, which we all know can be really tough on the mind, right? If it's a veteran or if it's whatever, you can justify that in different ways. But two other players that are young but playing over you, you go, man. It's going to be really hard to, to get my chances. And now with an injury, he's gotten his chances and he's playing really well. And I can't wait to see this keep going. Hopefully, oh, okay. even when they come back, he, he continues to compete for that spot. Once you said he's talked to U.S. soccer coaches, I don't even know what you were talking about with Chris Richards. Like, give us some scoop, man. Give us yeah. some, like, what, give us what, the juice. Who, who are the coaches? Who are the coaches? Anthony Hudson. Like, who are yeah. the assistants? Is it B.J. Callahan? Who, who you got there with you? B.J. Callahan is, is part of the staff still, too. Um, I was okay. talking to some of the... assistant with the January yeah, camp. Yeah, 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 he's assistant with the January camp. Former uh, Philadelphia Union uh, coach. Um, well, part of the coaching staff. Great, with great Curtin, guy. By coming the up to the to the first team, amazing guy. Um, but yeah, we were just g- generally talking about um everything that's going on o- over the weekend, right? We talked about uh, Zendejas. There was a joke that they were saying, well, you know, if if you scored that goal and then you 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 know bump bump got a little red card, you could have stayed for both January camp games. Of, <laughs> you know, like kind of that that yeah, type sure, of banter sure. because he's only released for for one match because they play Saturday Saturday and he's coming in for for the Wednesday game. Um. But just kind of talking about uh, just everything happening in the landscape, and and one of the things I will say is I asked about um, I asked about um, um, Aronson and and wait which the, one uh, Paxton sorry okay um, yeah. the, the the one that's most relevant right now guys come on this, oh, this guy's man. on top and we're talking about national Ouch. team camp we're talking about national team Brandon Aronson didn't get called into national team camp so it's all about no Paxton, he didn't you know? but he's also not playing great right now so I didn't know yeah if it was like he's still he's, he's still playing in the Premier League but we that's don't true. give I'm just I saying. mean shoot you you give uh, we're giving. Um, uh, uh, Chris Richards credit when he didn't play. Now and now all of a sudden Brendan Aronson doesn't get credit when he's playing. He's <laughs> just, not playing great. He's just not playing as well as we know he's capable of. Like, let's keep I going. Agree. Hey, Chris uh, so, Richards was training like phenomenal. He's training. Yeah. Best training players. One of the best <laughs> training players uh, to not play games. Um, no. And and there was uh, apparently at, at uh, and I hope I'm not speaking out of line with that because I probably should have clarified. Can I repeat this? But that that Paxton almost didn't come in to camp because I was like. Doesn't it seem because my question was, doesn't it? It's a bit odd, right? That that a player gets bought for that much and and is released in a January camp and whatever. And they were actually saying that he's exceeded all expectations at Frankfurt and that there was a tight window between who Frankfurt has in the team now and they're going to give him, they're, they're planning to give him six months to, to integrate into the team, but that there was a chance that he was going to be in the team this last weekend and he wasn't going to be able to come into camp. Ended up not happening that way, but just more of an, um, the reason I say that is because it's more on the fact that like we're all wondering where Paxton fits in, right? Of making this movie already wasn't a starter. There was a chance to potentially loan him back uh, to the union, but he already wasn't a starter at the union. So that didn't make sense. But now they're saying they love him and that he's exceeding their expectations for how good he is uh, since he's been into camp. So I think that's a great, uh, just, yeah, a, that's just great. A great insight. Update that's what we that. wanted. That's what we wanted. Keith. 
My banter was so good. They invited me out to training guys. Uh, wow. The is, none of them gave me their phone number. So I think it was one of those like, you know, half, uh, half invites of like, Hey, you want to come check out training? Let me know. By the way, <laughs> yesterday, yeah, they were like, yeah, yeah. You find us on social. Uh, if you want to come out to training. but yesterday, by the way, was only their second session. And there was also of like, you know, a talk about the young players. Like there is a system that they need to be integrated into of just figuring out what this national team's about, how we want to play, how we want to do things. And after, you know, they're, Yesterday was literally their only second session together, um, which is, uh, as we know, January 23rd, you'd usually be in, uh, at least 20 days or, or uh, you know, two and a half weeks into a January. At, at least 10 days in. Yeah. So two full sessions, and now we're, we're a couple days out from their first game. Well, let's talk about this first game. Nice transition there. This is our friendly against Serbia. We got uh, Dragan Stojkovic, who is a former player for the national team, who he's named a pretty highly inexperienced 17-player roster. From what Dem I understand, a domestic team. Mostly. They're all all domestic. There's 14 call-ups from the Serbian Superliga, and then there's three from Major League Soccer. They uh they have a all 17 of them have fewer than 10 combined caps. So I think it's four. When I when I read on the website, it was four combined for the at least the initial roster that they put out. Four uh, and they were caps. all from MLS players. Yeah, so they're all super inexperienced. Uh, and it's gonna be pretty interesting to see how Stojkovic gets everybody together now when he's been coaching he typically play deploys like a three five two formation and very similar to what hudson's going to do you get this collection of players yes there's a there's a style that he wants to play or to continue to play because he was assistant under greg so there's obviously an ideology and a methodology to how they want to perform and how they what they want to look like and anthony hudson came out and said he's still talking to greg so you wonder how much influence if any greg is having on either player selection or or who greg wants to see assuming he continues in the job and then and then from a Stojkovic perspective, he's trying to do the same. So I feel like this game, I, I want to get your guys' expectations for what we should be seeing. I know what we want to see, but I think yeah. January camps get a little stodgy at times. And Chuck, I'll come to you first, where yeah. you have so many new players all trying to prove themselves mm -hmm. that sometimes that's not the most aesthetically pleasing 90 minutes. No, my expectations are, are really low. Um, just, just in terms of a January camp, typically – you have two weeks to build into it. So you, you have already formed some relationships on the pitch and, you know, getting know, to know each other as well as match fitness and, and sharpness that they're going to be missing because most of them haven't been playing um, the past two months. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this game unfolds, but my expectations are very low, very, very low. Okay. But, but, but within that, there's still, opportunities for guys it's almost less about like these sequences where we combine five six seven passes and more just these little moments where you know they're either looking for that or they're doing something more in a 1v1 standpoint heath where maybe they defend really well in 1v1 situations maybe they're attacking out wide and good 1v1 getting off crosses consistently or whatever it may be i mean what what should we be looking for for, for the fans and especially that are kind of new to the u.s men's national team what should we be looking for in this game knowing that it's going to be not as fluid as it would be if if we had the full team or if they just had more time together. Honestly, this is also bizarre because you have a, a couple of Red Bull players, you know, former, well, at least you had you had Aaron Long and you have Tolkien. And outside of that, you have Pomacall and Ariola. But you don't have any, like, normally there's even a contingent of guys that come from clubs back in the day in January camps, right? Of, like, comfort. And, yeah, you've got some players that played youth national teams together. So it's a lack of rhythm. They're having to fit into a new system and all that type of stuff. But... I mean, I, I'd love to see not, I don't want to see individuals being individuals, but I'd like to see some players show a little bit of that flash that's gotten them called up, right? I don't want to see guys come in a little bit timid trying to fit into the system. There's really nothing to lose in a game like this and an only an opportunity. And to be honest with you, and, you, and I, I'd, I'd love your guys' answer on this. Did you not always feel a little bit more comfortable in a January game uh, than other ones in terms of just. Well, you had more time to ramp up, right? Yeah, you, you had more time to ramp about up. It more. It was also a little bit you 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 automatically as as you guys at any point in your national team careers, automatically when you come into a January camp, if you're a player that's been in the national team before, you ultimately become a leader quickly, right? Because you know that the tier of player is going to be the next tier down. And if you've been in before, you now have a chance to sort of be a little more comfortable, be a little bit more of a leader. That's not necessarily the case with this group, but it could be for an Ariola or 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 others that are being called back in again to 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 be leaders. But for the young players. Yeah, I want to see a little bit of fearlessness, you know. Um, I know that's hard in games like this because of the rhythm, but 
it's otherwise it's I, I I'm wondering what else we, like win one zero. I don't it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, yeah. For win me, the results secondary to this. It's more just about idea. Like I want to see ideas and and boldness, right? Having some bravado. Yeah. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna do something with it. I'm gonna be positive. We, we you all three of us could go out there and probably play safe the whole game. We could just play safe, but we don't need to see that. But I also don't want guys that are trying to force the game either, and that's a really delicate balance where we don't want them to try too hard so chuck i'm gonna throw this to you i want you to pick one player on in each line of the field that you're really excited to see and what you want to see out of them i want to see god slonina and i want to see him own the box i would love to see jonathan gomez who's playing at real sociedad i don't know if we will but but i would love to see him uh in in the back line at the left back spot mm-hmm. i know he's already got one cap already but i'd like to see a little bit more of him uh, in, in midfield. Paxton Aronson obviously is is the easy one. I'm going to go with Alan Senora. I really want to see what he's bringing to the table. I thought he was excellent. Argentina's the number 10. And I think we want to start exploring using a number 10 a little bit more. And then up top, I, I, I'm i torn between Zendejas and, and Vasquez. But I'll say Zendejas in this first game because he won't be available for the second. So I'll say Vasquez for that one. Uh, and, and I want to see how he can do with the group that he's just meeting more, more often than not for the first time. And can he still create space and be dangerous despite those circumstances against a Serbia team that I think is going to be very competitive, by the way, who are also fighting to get some relevance to make sure they can get called in in future camps. Chuck, who do you like in each line of the field and, and what are you looking for from them? Yeah, Slonina, uh, although I think Sean Johnson starts, so I don't think we'll see Slonina. Uh, okay. Dewan Jones. <laughs> Dewan <laughs> Jones. Uh, why do we even ask? Why do we even ask him? I don't Jimmy, even know why know? we ask. <laughs> hey, so Sean Johnson in goal. <laughs> um <laughs> And and then also we got to find out where where he's going, right? Is it Europe? Yeah, true, true. Or or is he is he going to opt for? I guess Toronto FC was probably the the club that um, probably stands the biggest chance to get him within MLS. And then Dewan Jones as a, as a right back, yeah, uh, get, getting his first cap. I'd like to see Good what job. that looks like. Eric Williamson uh, in the midfield, um, and then Zendejas mm. up top. So those those are the the, the uh, players that I'd like to see. Obviously. Paxton um, is super talented, and, and this will be a, a, a good look uh, to see him with the full men's national team. But uh, Zendejas and, and Eric Williamson, just because of his the upside that he has playing on both sides of the ball in midfield. Yeah, I like Eric's game a lot. I'm still mm-hmm. bummed that he got hurt uh, in the Gold Cup. All right, how about you, Heath? Pick some players. Um, and then we'll, I'd love uh, let's get I, everybody on their way. Yeah, I'd love to see Julian Gressel. <laughs> uh, I know Charlie doesn't like that sound, but I'd love to see just this. Gressel. I, I, I think I, he's, I mean, our, he's like our age. I know, but I'm, I, 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 he's not going to be the guy that I'm picking, but I would love to see him play. He'd also, yeah. Sometimes you just want to see a guy come into the net. Like, you know, everybody's like, Jeff Agus, I, I do. I'll do all that. I do, you know, we've all played with guys that didn't get called into the national team. And obviously his circumstances are different because he wasn't actually uh, a citizen, but they're always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, or even guys that play on the bench and they're like, dude, I could crush that if I was in that game. And you see him get in, you're like, no, you didn't. You didn't crush nothing, dude. You ain't getting minutes for a while. Uh, uh, but but so like that that's one that I just want to see level wise how how he fits into the conversation. But for me in the back line, I want to see Sam Rogers. Um, mm-hmm, kind of was thinking John mm-hmm. Tolkien, but I want to see Sam Rogers just because uh, I've been reading uh, good things about him and his aerial abilities and and kind of outside the box. So for my back line, I'm going to go Sam Rogers. Midfield Paxton Aronson um, for sure for me on that one. And then I'm like Jimmy. I was torn between Brandon Vasquez and Zendejas. Uh, I think I'll go with Brandon Vasquez. I want to I want to see how he fits in. I saw him at Media Day, and that's a big body bends, dude. I just want to see what he can do <laughs> for the national team. He's huge, um, and I just want to see again that that mobility and versatility, and just see what he can do uh, in the national team to have an impact. So those those are my three guys. And then in the back line, um, I would love to see uh, Gaga Slonina, but I, I I agree with Charlie. I think it's going to be. Um, um, Sean Johnson, especially considering. I think Slonina will get a game, but maybe Sean Johnson gets this first one. That game, this first one, though, U.S. versus Serbia is happening on Wednesday, January 25th. Kickoff, 7 p.m. Pacific is happening at the recently newly named BMO Stadium where LAFC play. The other game will actually be where the Galaxy play, which is uh, pretty interesting against Colombia. Yeah, what's up? We got to get Heath's take on who should be the GM. Who should fill in? For yes. Okay. Who- Final thought here with Heath. Pierce. <laughs> Ryan McBride is out. Dude, uh, he thought he was getting out of me. the show without being on the hot seat. Yeah. Me. Yeah, I'm well. I'm super well qualified for this job, guys. Come on. Listen. Listen. Like how Charlie, am I? Charlie said Oguchi on Yewu. You, you and are John Thornton for- would be good shouts. Those Charlie also team. indirectly nominated himself. I, of course, nominated myself. So Heath, you've already nominated yourself. 
you know, oh, you guys nominated yourself too. You guys are so cocky. I, I, <laughs> I definitely did not nominate myself, but Jimmy. But in did. a way, you did. In, in a way, you did. Indirectly no, nominated Jimmy, Jimmy was like, of course, I'm the guy. Pull the, the receipts. I know yeah, that Chuck I, nominated yeah, himself. Yeah. I'd be great at. Um, great. I'd say. Uh, I do like the idea of a of of Thorrington. I don't think he would want to give that up. He's a LA boy, you know, gets to surf in the morning, enjoy you can life. Still oh, do fill that? In, in addition to? No, I, no, I, I, no. I, but I think no. he could still be a Cali boy and surf and and hold this job. What on the lake in Chicago or what? No, no, no. I heard they're, they're you don't have to move. That. You don't have to be in Chicago anymore. Yeah, it is a little bit. I think they are uh, decentralizing a little bit and doing a little bit more of a hybrid approach. But like, you, you, you're going to be on the road a lot, I think, if you're a GM too, which, which is normal. He's on the road too with uh, with. Um, he just with won MLS LA. Cup. He just bought himself I, like I, three I, easy years before yeah, he's under. And he got Gareth pressure. Bale to come over. Like he's got the he's got the. Yeah, I do like skill. I do like him. He's also got the business chops. I think there's a yeah. little bit of that connection between the staffs and and a little bit of the business side of it as well financials and all those types of things that you need that type of experience. He's probably the most uh, qualified. I think Gooch is getting that crash course right now. Yeah. Maybe needs a couple more years in that type of environment to be able to step in right away, but certainly has well, McBride the, didn't have any of that. Right. So well, I think you, Brian I think McBride. you, and he did I think, really well. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm saying it's a Gucci and Yewu. I know. I agree. I agree. Five I different agree. languages. I, I, said, I think he should be in there. I think he'd be a great hire, and I think he That's would learn quickly shout. because he's Maybe. always learned quickly wherever he's Are they? Is it a hire, or is it like a voting at that point? I know that like for a head coach at a certain level, they've got to go to the board for a voting. Do you think I it's a uh, – uh, but, yeah, those are actually both great shouts. I haven't We're really thought beyond those. We're going to have to have JT Batson to come on and explain it to us, yeah. the CEO of U.S. Soccer. Yeah. We well, appreciate your guys' thoughts. Uh, as Spicy Pineapple said in the comments, we now know why Heath was at that coffee shop with the coaching staff because he wants to be the general manager in the future. All right, everybody. That is it. It's Soccer We Trust is done. Make sure you enjoy the game on Wednesday night, U.S. versus Serbia. The game is kicking off on HBO Max. And, of course, we'll break it all down for you on Thursday's show. Appreciate the support. We appreciate you. And on behalf of the Mr. Des, producer me. Alex, Charlie, and Keith, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for watching and listening as always. And we will see you on Thursday. Later.